0: Do you want to change your life? Change your thinking, change your life. Do you want better relationships? Change your thinking, change your life. Do you know the potential of who you are today, who you can become? Change your thinking, change your life. Join Dr. Preston Rich as he helps you to change your thinking, thinking. to change your life. life. From the military to corporate to the classroom, Dr. Change Rich shares his experience and knowledge to help others be their best selves. In this fast-paced Change world that we live in, we tend to forget how special we are. Dr. Rich Change your says you are perfectly imperfect and uniquely amazing. And we're going to act like Call in or listen in as Doc Rich Speaks. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Dr. Preston Rich.
1: We are into another episode of Doc Rich Speaks podcast. I've been gone for a minute, people. I've been uh, traveling and actually not traveling. I've been, uh, well, I actually have been traveling online, (laughs) doing some online things, uh, presentations and whatnot uh let's get right into it people we're in uh in america we're in a different time right now we're actually not in a different time we're just in another time of discord and uh revolt and a situation where a certain demographic is fed up uh that demographic is the african-american community We are into a situation where once again we have witnessed on social media uh, the killing of another black man for no apparent reason uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. For those of you who have been under a rock for the past weeks, uh, we had a, a man by the name of George Floyd who was killed by a police officer in Minneapolis by... As he was kneeling, arresting him, he kneeled on his neck, and another officer was on his back, and despite the pleas of, I can't breathe, which were the same pleas of another man who was killed in New York by New York police officers, uh, the police officer did not, police officer or officers, neither got up or stopped what they were doing. And none of the other three officers intervened. Uh, People, I don't need to tell you, but George Floyd uh, passed away uh, because of the fact that uh, he was being asphyxiated, choked. He couldn't breathe. That was pretty much what he was saying. And for about three days, the police officer was, yes, then it was fired. The police, the four police officers were fired, but they were not charged with anything uh, To give you an update now They've been charged And now, actually The first police officer was charged And now all four are charged With criminal charges They have been fired They have been charged And uh, folks, I don't have to tell you this We have a problem uh, They have been There have been peaceful protests All around the United States all, Hell, all around the world Actually uh, pushing for change in racial equality, uh, some people who have been very silent in their deliberations—they've not said things—they have donated, or they may have not. But at the same time, we are in a time—we are at a time in our lives that people are tired of the systemic and outward racism uh, against black people. Uh, this does not just happen to black men. Apparently, this happens to black women as well. Breonna Taylor, as well as some others, Sandra Bland. Uh, we are in a situation where, yet again, even though we've been through the American, we've been through uh, the American Revolution, we've been through the Civil War, we <laughs> we've been through the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Civil Rights pushed in 19 push in 1963. We are still talking about racial equality for minorities, in particular black people. Now, folks, as a black man who is raising a black son, I found find this to be very disheartening and disappointing in a country that I enlisted in the United States military to defend and to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic and obey the orders of the officers appointed above me. Uh, served in Desert Storm, two tours in Desert Storm, advancing on preserving the American way of life. But what really is the American way of life is we have gotten gotten into a situation where, once again, uh, black people have slipped into something of a more of a second-class citizen status. And now it's a point where people are actually acting out on I don't know whether it's their deep-seated emotions or their beliefs that we are less than they are and uh, they are we are able to be killed without consequence. Uh, when I was explaining the situation to my nine-year-old son, uh, the first question that came out of his mouth was, well, did the police officer get arrested? And at the time that I was telling him, which was day two, Uh, The individual had not been arrested. He had not been charged. He was just fired. And my son made another statement when I told him about the consequences and the possibilities of an individual killing him or me uh, in the police department or the police officer. He asked, are the police officers here to protect and serve us? And I said, they are. That is their charter. And he said, but they can go I said they they can't. Well, it seems that they can, but they shouldn't, and it should be against the law. But for some odd reason, whether they use the excuse of "I fear for my," I was in fear of my life, so I used deadly force, or just well, that was police procedure, and it's okay. We used a procedure that was approved, and killing that guy. Well, you know, sorry, we thought he had a gun and he didn't, or we thought it was someone else in the house, but it wasn't. We we. We had a no-knock warrant, and we went in and we shot the person who was there, although we didn't identify ourselves, and we removed the person's right to protect their homes from them and killed them in their own home. Uh, My son goes to me, looks at me, and he said, Daddy, this seems like slavery times. That was disheartening for me to hear my nine-year-old talk about slavery times. He was born in 2010, people, and he's talking to me about a time Long ago, where blacks were bought and sold and treated as property, no more of a significance than a car or a piece of furniture or a bookcase or what have you. We were considered property. Now, people who want to talk, I want to put this disclaimer out for those of you who are listening to this podcast and decide that what I am doing is race baiting. I have a bit of information for you. I don't know what your definition is of race baiting, but by me simply educating another person on history facts, these, these are facts, you know, you can leave them out of the history books, you can call slavery a day camp as in some, text, some textbooks in the elementary schools, some of the textbooks that elementary schools are using called slavery a day camp instead that the, the, the slaves had a choice whether they would be slaves or whether they would be free, which is a total lie. Uh, which called slavery for what it was It was purchasing and, and selling people for labor Or whatever else they wanted to do And when you start to look at people as objects as opposed to people Then you treat them as they are objects I've seen in the United States people go to jail for killing dogs uh, Michael Vick, a prominent sports figure quarterback went to jail for funding a dog fighting ring and to this day i have some people in my circle who state that michael vick should still be in prison because he killed dogs he he made dogs fight each other and when they couldn't fight he killed dogs where's the outrage when black people are killed where's the outrage when uh where's where's the benefit of doubt when people are killed i don't i don't I, I, I have yet to understand why it is so difficult for the majority, and in this situation we're talking about white people, to regard us as their equal. Equality uh, is the thing that we are trying to, once again, push. And uh, For the life of me, I don't understand why it's not so. Uh, but as we go forward... In the George Floyd situation, you know, we need a couple of things. One, leadership. Uh, We look to the our elected officials, and some are doing things, and (laughs) some are not. Some are actually saying things to further divide us. But when I looked out into the landscape, and I saw on the news channels where people of all colors. We're joining together to protest wrong and the bottom line is you've got right and then you've got wrong. Wrong is wrong. If you are killing people, innocent people, or I don't care if they're not innocent, if you are utilizing your force and your authority as a police officer to kill without consequence, then you are wrong why does the law not apply to them the same way? And I think that's what people are getting confused when they look at the Black Lives Matter movement. The Black Lives Matter movement is saying, I matter too. And I've heard people say, well, all lives matter. Yep, you're right. All lives matter, but all lives aren't being killed like and slaughtered like animals either. So if you go forth and this is actually it's quite, if you have a, uh, a woman, a white woman being kidnapped or, or killed or what have you, the police officers, the police and the city and the state and everyone else races to try to make sure that they pin that murder on an individual. And God forbid if that individual is a minority because they will serve every ounce, minute, second of whatever penalty they get. If they hell, they might get the electric chair, depending on what state they're in. I'm not telling you that this is wrong to prosecute people who kill. I'm saying that it is wrong to not equally apply the law to those individuals who wear badges, who hide behind the fact that they were utilizing their police union uh, negotiated tactics, None of the tactics that these Minneapolis police officers utilize were standard, nor approved, and they killed a man in cold blood, and they need to go through the same due process of the law that I would. So how do we change this? Oh, first of all, let me, let me, hold on, let me give a shout out to all of my listeners, uh, I have uh, picked up some new listeners out in uh, Madrid, Spain. Shout out to Sadia. Uh, Thank you for listening to me. Uh, Please uh, send my podcast or my link to my podcast to different people. We are out on Apple or SoundCloud and you'll hear that at the end. But I also want to send a shout out to folks in England who are listening, who in India who are listening Uh, All the way in Alaska, people are listening I really appreciate the support You follow me on Instagram, you follow me on Facebook You can follow me on Twitter at DocRichSpeaks I really appreciate all of the input I'm trying to get the podcast out as quickly as I can But when I talk about something, I actually have to sit and think about it for a while Before I actually put it out there, you know So let's look at some some things that we can do. And when I I think that we're actually working on some things following a well-known change method or change matrix uh, it's called the uh, Cotter's eight steps to change. And I'm going to go over four of them right now. And uh, we'll see how that applies to our George Ford, George Floyd situation And see what we can do to make some change The first step that Cotter stated was that we, we have to create a state of urgency And I think that killing George Floyd was uh, That was the urgency that people were looking to To utilize to actually start some change And you know, the, you know <laughs> Nothing gets changed by just sitting around talking about it. You've got to go out. You have to peacefully protest. You have to actually get petition. You have to get things on a ballot. You have to get it in front of people who vote. You have to vote. You have to make the elected officials represent you. That's what they are. They have five. Excuse me, four hundred and thirty-five folks in the House of Representatives. You have a hundred people in the Senate who are hired or voted in. However. To represent you. That's the reason why you have different sectors. You know, you have two senators per state, but you have a different number of representatives in the House of Representatives who have different powers than do senators and the senators have different powers than do representatives. The key is our people can plan paying attention to the rule of law in the U.S. Constitution. But that's a whole nother podcast. But people, in order for us to make change in what we're doing we and what they're doing, we're going to have to actually get to the polls, vote, and we have to talk to people about these things. But a lot of the things that we should be talking about is changing one's perspective. And I'm not trying to tell you that you have to agree with individuals who have opposing views. What I'm saying is you have to understand how the person with the opposing view can say what they're saying. You know, I often wonder... If white people who talk to me about equal rights would actually trade races with me for a day. And I've actually in my critical thinking classes, I've asked my students, I asked number one, I asked two questions. One, do you believe that all races are treated equally in the United States? And they raise their hands. I say, okay, great. If that's the case, if you could, would you trade your race? with a minority right now. No one raised their hand. No white person raised their hand. Not a white student in there raised their hand. And that's troubling because of the fact that they feel one thing, but they think another, which I understand they're two different things, thinking and feeling, but I wonder why the situation is the way it is, and it is because when you're actually in the situation and you're being treated differently... If your difference is normal to you, then it doesn't seem like it's a difference. Let me say that again. If you walk around and you go to a store and no one looks at you funny, no one suspects you, everyone gives you the benefit of the doubt, no one says any racial jokes, any of the racial jokes they say you get, you're not the person being discriminated against. You're the majority. But if you go somewhere and you witness racism where someone says, hey, can I help you? Or they stand over your shoulder or they don't give you the benefit of the doubt. I saw something on Instagram the other day where a city cop arrested a black man because he said he resembled the individual who committed a crime. And when they arrested the individual and saw his ID that they retrieved from his back pocket, they found out he was a federal Bureau of Investigations FBI agent and he was a black man and they were so embarrassed that well sir we're sorry we're sorry backtracking because they had no probable cause they had no reason except oh I I think you look like another guy who committed a crime so we're going to detain you not not Dude, we, no arrest, no Miranda rights, nothing. We're going to detain you just in case. And, folks, if you don't understand about your Miranda rights, read about it. When they arrest you, they have to read you your rights. If they search you, they have to adhere to the Fourth Amendment. These are kind of the things that you need to understand. But here's the problem. When you're actually in it and trying to understand it, and you realize that your rights have been violated, And you tell somebody about it, or you try to bring it to their attention and they beat you down, then what do you do? When you ignore my Fourth Amendment rights and say, well, I'm going to search you anyway, and I'm going to seize anyway. uh, Wait a minute. I'm not supposed to be subject to this because it's supposed to be one of my unalienable rights in the Bill of Rights in the first 10 amendments of the Constitution. But city cops do it all the time. Uh, They make it their own jurisdiction. And for some odd reason, I don't understand why local municipalities feel as though they can pass laws that violate federal U.S. constitutionally guaranteed rights. You you can't do that. Uh, And people need to know this. And when they do know this, and it's kind of funny, it goes all the way down to the core. It goes down to the core of... I am not able to bring that, bring the violation, bring a police officer's violation of my rights to their attention without them feeling as though I'm resisting arrest. But a white man can cuss, scream, pull guns, spit in their face, get their badge numbers and do whatever they want to do. Hell, when they arrested Dylan Roof for shooting up those folks in the South Carolina church, they actually took him to Burger. They didn't. Ha- they didn't. Ha- they, didn't ha- they didn't handle him rough. They took him to Burger King to get us something to eat, and this guy just killed folks. Nine folks. What, what? At what point do you say the 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 applicability of the law is is skewed based on the color of your skin? The benefit of the doubt is not there for African American people. It's not there. It's not there for any minority. I don't see, but. I can only speak for folks that are that look like me, have the same color as me and the race of me. So what do we do to change? Well, Carter said that you can do eight steps. Uh, and actually Kurt Lewin said that you can do it in three steps. And it says that people change in three steps. They stop doing what they were doing. They find that they learn a new way to do something. And then they start doing that way from then on. That's pretty simple, right? Stop doing wrong. Learn how to do something right. And then keep doing the right thing so that you can't go back and do the wrong thing. That's pretty simple, right? But for some odd reason, people can't get this. So let's go through a process. Number one, create urgency. I just talked about that earlier. The urgency was George Floyd was slain. Let's just call it what it is. He was murdered. That's urgent. It should be urgent for anybody. That's urgent. That's creating an urgency. Number two, form a powerful coalition. Now, I don't know if you've read the news or seen the, 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 read the news or watched the news or been on your, on your, on your devices and seen the outpouring of protests, the outpouring of care and, uh, and, And these folks who are protesting all over the world, people are coming together, building a powerful coalition to say enough is enough. No justice, no peace. You have to treat me the same way that you treat everybody else. You have to stop doing this. And this, my friends, is the powerful coalition. And I'm so proud of folks, white folks, black folks, orange folks, blue folks, green folks. doesn't matter what color you are. If you're out there talking about we are peacefully protesting so that we may have better treatment or hell, equal treatment. I don't even want better treatment. Just treat me the same way that you treat that white man who breaks the law or or not. Number three, creating a vision for change. Well, what do we want? We want to be treated equally. And some folks, um, I think the eight can't wait. I think that's out on Instagram uh, I followed it on Instagram, uh, where they actually came up with eight things that can be done today uh, to change the uh, what do you want? See, how do we say change the treatment that, or that change the way that police officers actually handle uh, uh, us. And other minorities who decide, uh, who are pulled over by cops, arrested by cops, um, who are, uh, giving, uh, who are running to, who are running to by cops or what have you. It's called eight can't wait on campaign zero on Instagram. And, uh, it's eight things, you know, uh, ban chokeholds and strangleholds, uh, require deescalation, um, Require warning before shooting uh, Exhaust all alternatives before shooting uh, Duty to intervene Ban shooting at moving vehicles Establish a use of force continuum And require all force to be reported Eight can't wait to find it in your city If you can't find that, go to Campaign Zero on Instagram and you'll see it uh, you'll see that individuals are looking to try to ensure, try to get these policies enacted. So, we're creating a vision for change. We'll say that these. Uh, these things can be actually done. And right now in policy one, where it bans chokeholds and strain, strangle holes, only 28% of the 100 largest cities explicitly ban chokeholds and strangle holes. That right there would kind of solve a lot of things because of the fact that people, eh, I, I don't know why police, I've never been a police officer, so I don't know, but I, 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 I would assume that they would have the training after somebody is actually detained with handcuffs behind their back or in front of them, that uh, they're not going to fight back. So why you have to strangle them and choke them, I'll never know. I don't understand. Uh, There has to be a way, especially if somebody is already handcuffed. You probably don't need to choke them. Hey, if it's something different, hey, reach out to me and talk to me. I'll put you on the podcast if you're a police officer. I want to know. Two is requiring a de-escalation. Only 44 of the 100 largest cities require officers to de-escalate situations before using force. See, a lot of this situation, and you will hear from the police officers to say, well, we need to have a way to protect ourselves when people are trying to do harm to us. From the folks that I've seen on the web on social media and what have you it seems as though these people were not fighting back they were peaceful as the day is long and they were not resisting and for some odd reason the police officers felt like they were resisting and they weren't listening and they had to actually the police officers felt like they had to do something differently to stop them from doing well yeah they stopped them they killed them and the killing is wrong and then the the apparent lack of Punishment or lack of consequential circumstance uh, is is a problem. Uh, communicating the vision. Now that we have all of these different avenues to actually communicate the vision, to say, "Hey, we want these eight things out here now. We want you to guys to basically stop killing innocent people, black folks." Uh, Black men, black women uh, We want you to stop doing that And here's some of the policy changes that you can make Because see, it's not going to happen without making some policy changes You have to actually get your police chiefs to change Or you get your mayors to change Or you get your laws changed The only way you're going to be able to do that is go out and vote So you you need to have a situation where you can communicate division And you need to communicate with the decision makers it's, it's great to go outside and, and protest. I got that. But you need to get your city councils involved. You need to get your governors and your mayors involved. You need to have conversations, town halls, talk to them. Utilize your, your um, different modes of communication, modes and methods of communication to communicate the vision. Tell folks what you want. Tell your lawmakers what you want. Tell your municipality leaders what you want. Tell your police chiefs what you want. Tell them and let them have dialogue back with you to say, well, here's why we can't do that. It's all like a negotiation. And it's disheartening to try to understand or wrap my head around the fact that I have to negotiate equality. Why in the heck do I have to negotiate Bish being treated the same as every other, everybody else. I don't understand that. 1863, we didn't. They didn't understand it. 1963, they didn't understand it. Here we are in 2020 with the coronavirus running around, killing people at will. Now we have to worry about this. We are at a state of chaos in the United States, and I don't understand, well, I do have some ideas. I don't understand how we can't get ourselves out of this because of the fact that some of the leaders that we would expect to make these changes for us are devoid. They're missing. Now, the four, like I told you, the four steps, is I put... I put the eight can't wait inside the four steps, so it might have confused you, so you might have to rewind and and go back and, and listen, but in order for us to make change, we need to, number one, create urgency, number two, form a powerful coalition, number three, create a vision for change, and number four, communicate the vision. Those are four of the eight that I talked about now i 'll go through five i 'll go through five six seven, and eight in the next podcast on part two of the George Floyd situation or equality for justice i don 't know what i 'm going to name the series yet but it 's going to be a three part series and I also have a part where actually my next one i 'm going to actually be speaking to some black mothers who have black sons to find out their views like hey what what is it that worries you the most? What is it that you can talk to? What is the? What, what can you do? What can you? What do you want to hear? What do you want to see, in order to keep your sons alive? What is it that you say? How do you feel? Whether you're married or single, how do you feel about raising your black children, your black boys? Uh, you're trying to make them into better men, uh, folks. Today I talked about the George Floyd situation and the state of our nation. I talked about four of the eight steps to making powerful change, Uh, and I talked about some of the things that people want uh, and, and, and the things that we are doing right now to make some significant and lasting change. People, we are all perfectly imperfect and uniquely amazing, and it's time we start acting like it. Uh, this is the end of my podcast for today. I will be back with another. I want you guys to always know that I'm here. You can you can email me. You can call me. You can you can find me on Instagram. You can do whatever you need to do. Uh, you can give. I, I, I solicit feedback on what you want to hear. Uh, wherever you are in the world, understand that I do have my eye on you. I have my mind on you, and I have my heart on you. And if anybody does hasn't told you today and no one's told you in a while. Doc Rich loves you. Peace.
0: You've been listening to the Doc Rich Speaks show. We hope we've stimulated your mind and inspired you to be your best self today. If you've enjoyed the show, tell some friends and join us next time on this same station follow dr rich on twitter facebook instagram at doc rich speaks you can download this podcast on apple google play soundcloud and Spreaker as well in the meantime and in between time remember you are perfectly imperfect and uniquely amazing so just be great every single day